Hello and welcome to Splatter Chatter, where October never dies, the home of all things horror, haunted, and Halloween-y. I'm Mr. Craigers, and I'm one of your hosts. I'm Miss Melboy, I'm the other host. She sure is, and tonight we are joined for episode 102 by a very special guest, a friend of the show and Splatter Chatter team member, Tumblr operator, Miss Colleen. Hi, Miss Colleen. Hi. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. (laughs) Now, this is your second time on Splatter Chatter. Mm -hmm. Um, You previously hung out on the show way back in... 2017 I want to say we were so young so naive so young so innocent so naive no vaccines in our body <laughs> That's I, mean, I mean some vaccines but it's some vaccines <laughs> let's be clear some vaccines not ones that are there now sorry right. I just double checked it was 2018 actually it was episode 40 on horror it video still, game still stands it does still stand um so it's been a hot minute but you have been so lovingly taking care of the Splatter Chatter Tumblr for us um, for many moons now. And it's good to have you back. It's good to be back. I'm excited to talk about the new video games that are coming out and the ones I'm really excited for. Yeah, I'm excited too. Um, yeah, so that's one of the reasons you're here is to do horror video games part two. But of course, there's an additional reason we thought it would make sense to bring on Miss Colleen. Um, and that is because she joined Miss Mel and I on a long weekend trip to Salem earlier this month. Mm-hmm. Um, now, why did we all head up to Salem? Well, if you're a new chatterer, you may not know, but Miss Mel and I share a birthday in early September, same day, different year. Um, it happened to fall on a Friday this year. So we were like, well, let's do something fun. And then we said, let's do something spooky. <laughs> what's fun and spooky which city is fun and spooky hell yeah oh i should have worn my shirt i wore it to work on friday i Honestly, almost i almost wore the salem sweater but it, it's a little too hot it's a little too hot to wear it 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 looks like listen i've been copiously copiously that's not the right word i've been really vigilant about watching the weather and it's gonna get chilly soon so it's almost time so the salem street sweater will make an appearance in the world okay. I was wearing my my the hood the little hoodie I got earlier wore it earlier today. Um, but then I don't know like it might be getting chilly for you, but I looked at the weather earlier and like here in DC the first day of fall on Friday is it's gonna be like ninety degrees. Oh wow, really? It's gonna be sixty five here. <laughs> yeah, I'm pissed. <laughs> I've not been looking at the weather at all. Uh, yeah, we dropped down on Thursday as well. It's gonna be down in the it's eighty four and then it's sixty. <laughs> yeah, that's basically what's happening for us. So sorry about it. I guess you're getting all our our heat. I'm mad. Now <laughs> there's it's enough time for it to change. So hopefully it will because you're just gonna be sitting in your house in a sweater with like a cup of like hot chocolate, sweating. You're like, I don't care. <laughs> like, uh, <laughs> I've definitely done that where it's been like like late September and it's like 85 degrees, and I'm like, I'm getting the pumpkin beer. <laughs> And I'm like sweating yeah, as I'm drinking like this like heavy porter pumpkin beer. 100%. Yeah. Um, I mean, I got my like one pumpkin spice latte of the year uh, at the airport en route to Salem, you know, because it, it was just part of the spooky vibes, you know? Um, 
and so yeah so let's let's talk about Salem um it was my first time there as well as Miss Colleen's but Miss Mill you had been there before Mm -hmm. this was your second jaunt to which city yes okay so which trip was better and why was it ours (laughs) (laughs) well definitely I mean so part of the reason I think this one was fuller I mean I've done some stuff that I had already done and doing them again you know, like I, I had done the Nightmare Gallery, which is the Horror Wax Museum. Mm-hmm. Um, I did, I can't remember if I did that pirate one or a different one. I did a different witch, um, like witch trial museum. Um, this one definitely was very cool in the, in the like theatrics of it. And you kind of got the same information. I will say in the other one, there was a little bit more information about like, like that timeline stuff we talked about that we couldn't really see on the wall mm. but it was also like you were it wasn't self-guided like you still were kind of ushered along in that one so you didn't really get a chance to like you know sit and look at anything for too long but um no, i think this one was definitely definitely a very definitely the the better version of uh of the <laughs> I don't wanna, I don't want to shit on the first one and the person it's <laughs> very good and we had a ton of fun but like this one right, right. like know a little bit more like oh yeah let's go here or let's now we can go down here or like we should go here for food or um more information going in you weren't kind of flying yeah. blind yeah so and you obviously Craig came with your um little list of here's my checklist of things I want to do <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, we were all kind of like, we were fairly prepared because I think you had initiated that spreadsheet, um, right, Miss Mel? Like you wrote down your recommendations from when you had been there. um, And then I kind of added to it based on um, stuff that I pulled from the wonderful nonfiction book, A Season with the Witch by J.W. Ocker. and we kind of use that as, I guess, our guidepost for the weekend, um, which we can sort of just like, I guess, walk through a little bit or feel we can just sort of like jump in on things that we really enjoyed. Ms. Well, you mentioned that we did Count Orlock's Nightmare Gallery. Yes. That was like the, the basically the first thing we really did. Yeah, because we got there and we were like, what time do they open? And the guy opening it walked past us. He was like, 10 o'clock. <laughs> And it was like 9.45 and we're like, great. (laughs) He like literally appeared at like from the ether. (laughs) Like I did not see where he came from. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so that was really cool. Yeah, I truly, like I understand why you can't take pictures in there because their wax figurines were amazing. Like top notch, sometimes felt like they were going to start moving or looking straight at you. Like very good. Um, and the placement and some of the like scenes they set up were really like striking. Like you would want to take a picture of it because it looks so cool. Yeah. Yeah. Or pose with them or, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, like I wasn't sure at certain points. Like it definitely had that vibe. I was like, is one of these going to be an actor? Like is one of these about to be, <laughs> you know? There was one, I forget which one it was where I was like, if that thing moved, I'm going to like poop my pants. Oh, you know what it was? It was the <laughs> one two Pennywise. Penny the two Pennywise. Yeah, there was two really good Pennywise. It was um, 
the Tim Curry version and then the Skarsgård version, um, like kind of hanging out near each other. And they were both very good. And they were fully like yeah. something where I was like, if either one of these move, I will poop my pants. The legend like, is that she's still here running to this day. To this day. <laughs> With shitty pants. With shitty pants. <laughs> yeah, those ones in particular. And because I feel like, like a lot of them were sort of like, like on vague platforms a little bit or like mm-hmm. behind like a very clear rail but those ones were like they just were like standing there just standing there like at the same level that you yeah, were just like at. kind of staring at out in this like there wasn't really a tableau with them there wasn't they were just sort of and that I think really added to the like is one of those real yeah and there wasn't anything else around them either it was <laughs> literally just them in a dark corner <laughs> right because later when we went to the pirate museum i i let you get got by that guy that i knew was up there yeah and you both let, let me walk, <laughs> i let you walk ahead that's right i let mal get got earlier in the in the weekend so everyone got got except colleen so because um, I am a scaredy cat and therefore always vigilant for people doing yes. that. <laughs> but um, yeah, Count Orlocks is basically a horror film wax museum where mm-hmm. they've got these really nice wax figures of various like famous horror scenes and characters with like little tidbits about the movies a lot. Some of them, you know, I knew. Some of them I definitely didn't like. Um, Sissy Spacek in Carrie apparently like because the pig's blood was made out of like corn syrup essentially under the lights it started like congealing and baking <laughs> and they had yeah, to that was pretty down. gross and I was like oh my god because she insisted on and then she she did that and then she insisted on doing the stunt herself at the end where she reaches up through the yeah through the, the, the gravel yeah so that was that was a fun little tidbit yeah that was fun um and it was really interesting for me who's someone's like horror adjacent like I don't watch a lot of horror I I do but like not to the same extent you guys do because again like I knew the plot of a lot of the movies just from like pop culture and stuff like that but all those like little tidbits were really interesting for me uh because if I didn't hear them like on the podcast I didn't know them so like learning all the behind the scenes stuff and some of it was like uh like production wise like the how long it took the makeup to get on and off and like behind the scenes drama and stuff like that so I feel like they did a good job of making it interesting for like hardcore horror fans but also like the casual person to walk through and learn some stuff and get a really cool experience yeah I agree and I think like it was cool how it was kind of like a chronological walk through the genre not like right down to the timeline but like it it started with like the classic monsters you know like we saw yeah. the dracula and the mummy and those wax figures and then we kind of like i remembered that last section finishes with a lot of like what are essentially the contemporary universal monsters jason freddie michael just because it's fitting i don't know if you hear can hear it right now there's a creepy ice cream truck that drives around <gasps> at this time of night every night no I don't know if you can hear it, but I wanted to make note of it in case you could. <laughs> but an ice cream truck after the sun has set yeah. is not okay. Every time it's, well, it's even creepier, like, when it gets to be this time when the sun's, like, really, because, you know, during the summer, it's like, okay, the sun's still out, but 
it's going right now. It's seven thirty. <laughs> the sun is down. I've never seen it. I've only heard it. Uh oh. So anyway, just wanted to add that to the to the <laughs> vibe. If it, if it, if it helped at all. Yeah, they had a they had a dummy gorgon. Um, that was yeah. new since last time I went there. I don't remember the demi gorgon being there. That was a cool addition. I do feel like the last section, because obviously we were there at ten in the morning. Like, if you didn't have that light coming through the door, it would have been a lot more like atmospheric. So, if you were there yeah. at like night, yeah, because um, we were talking about if they like closed it, if you were the closing person. Oh yeah, having to walk. Through. I would not walk by Pennywise. I would find any way not to go by that little hallway. I feel like now you're, I'm good. I'm good. Colleen like goes in the back and like climbs in the rack. <laughs> like, I'm like climbing Comes across the ceiling. The other room. <laughs> it's all good. I checked it back here. Like, did you? Hey, Colleen, did you check the Pennywise room? Yeah, I got it. Yeah, it's good. They're fine. Anyway, fine. Anyway, we're done here. Um. <laughs> and you both got um little trinkets yes i that was i got the uh spirit board pin that says nightmare gallery on it um that one does not glow in the dark but it's a cute little pin that's cute i got a magnet you got a magnet yeah i think when i went to salem i got a salem ouija board magnet it was not from like it was just from another shop but it was like said salem massachusetts on a ouija board and it had like a planchette that you can kind of like it's on a track and you can mm. move it back and yeah forth. but you can move it that's cute yeah. yeah so that was another um one that we really enjoyed that we also did on that um first day was the um the ouija board museum or the witch board yes museum. the witch board has... which board which board museum hold, hold on i have a picture we will give the exact name. I do know that it's owned by uh, and operated by the Talking Board Historical Society. Salem's Witch Board Museum. Salem's the Witch official Board. official title. Thank you. Which is in the back of some like um, Harry Potter themed souvenir shop. You just go to the back Incredible. and ask to see the the Ouija Board Museum. And you <laughs> pay ten bucks, and they just say, "Okay, go on." And you go like past the register into this room that is wall to wall <laughs> filled with Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it was it was just sort of that like one big room that like led into a smaller side room. Um, there was like some history at the beginning and you just sort of walk around. But the big draw, I think for us, what really like made it pop was that the owner of the museum um, yeah, owner operator curator owner, curator um whose name is john he's on the website john i'm so sorry you keep talking i'll find out but anyway he was there i don't know if he's there every day or if he just is there on the weekends or how it works but regardless he was there when we were there and he sort of introduced himself and gave a little bit of a spiel. And then we looked around a little bit on our own and then ended up talking to him and asking some questions and getting a lot of really cool backstory from him. John Kozik. John Kozik. Thank you, Ms. Mill. And shout out to John Kozik, um, because that, I think, for me, really heightened our visit there. Yeah, like the information about like the, the original creator, how it was named, all that was like interesting to walk through. But I was kind of like, mm. You know, it was interesting. And since it's a nonprofit, I didn't mind the like entry price, but I was like, yeah. and then we started talking to him and I was like, this is a hundred percent 
worth the admission price. I got a pin from there as well. Because mm -hmm. um, I just, we, and we all discussed this while we were there, like, it's so very passionate the subject. Even if you didn't care about the subject going in, which we all were like interested in, um, just talking to him was fabulous. Yeah. yeah, because he was so passionate about um, Ouija boards and spirit boards, mm -hmm. and talking boards. I mean, everything in there was from his personal collection. Yes. Um, which he was even he... selling a couple too. I think ones yeah. that I imagine he had um, maybe duplicates of or what have you. Yeah, he said it was one fifth of the collection of talking boards that he had. I was trying to remember. Um, and that was just wild. And he told us about how, you know, he's sort of like, obviously developed a name for himself in the community now. And so like when someone gives him a hot tip on a new board or something, or he just sort of drops everything and runs off to, to make a deal to get it. Mm -hmm. And just like, it was, it was very cool. Um, we heard about some of the boards that have um, more negative history vibes. attached to them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> vibes. Um, three i think there were three of them in the museum three that he talked about um yes. yeah because there was one was a, one was one that was somewhat recently sent to him with a stranger things themed ouija board that he didn't know the specifics of but somebody sent it with a note that was just like please don't send this back to me i'm flipping there was no it. return address yeah and then the other two was it the other two in the case with the caution tape with a caution tape around them. And then the salt. Yeah, those two yeah. in the... Oh, yeah. So there were four. Yeah. And then the one connected to the murder. Yes, there was quite a few. It was actually, I found it what interesting. There was a couple connected to, like, murders or attempted murders. And then he talked about how, like, as recently as, like, 1995, like, a court in the UK tried to use a Ouija board to, like, suss out a verdict or something. Uh, yeah, and I think it, was, it wasn't even more recent than that, wasn't it? Like in the 2000s? There is there one. Was, I, I think he said, he said 2005, but I don't remember the specifics of yeah. like how the Ouija board tied in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh, so you'll have to go to the museum and find out yourself. Yeah, yeah which we highly recommend. But uh, if you have a Ouija board you want to get rid of, <laughs> hit up Tom Kozik. Yeah, John will be more than happy. John, not Tom. Oh my God. What do I keep wanting? I keep wanting to call him Tom. Like, he looked like brain. Him. Before we were talking about him, I was like, yeah, Tom at the Ouija board museum. <laughs> that was Maybe he has a brother. I think the wildest part of the museum for me was that um, 90s teen themed one. Oh yeah, the pink. The, that it was looked pink. like the- um, It looks the like- mall, The mall game. Yeah. The, it, it was not, it wasn't called Let's Make a Date, but it was like something like that. It was like, let's it do a Ouija board or something Dream like Dream date? Dream date. Dream it, date. Was, it, it was like dream date vibes. It looked and it like dream date. Came with those questions, and some of them were displayed in the case. Yeah, that was like, like, will I have a boyfriend next year? Yeah, ask the board. Yeah, does so and so like me? <laughs> yeah. You know, typical sleepover questions. I like, mean, wow. at my sleepovers, we for sure were doing seances. And... I, I remember who? actually. I do remember. I doing mean, a lot of Bloody Mary. When we were mm. kids, we I was gonna say never more Bloody Mary than I would have liked. Never did a Ouija board, but definitely did that or Candyman and um, attempted uh, light as a feather, stiff as a board. Oh, mm. our classic. 
I did Bloody Mary exactly once. I was at my elementary school after night. I don't know if it was like parent, you know, the like, mm-hmm. like open walk house. through open house or whatever. And we did it in the elementary school bathroom, which is pitch black when you turn yeah. the lights off. So I did it exactly once. And I remember it. And that was the only time I was like, nah, if she's out there, she don't need me bothering her. She fine. She fine. And that was something interesting is he said he never had a poor experience with any of the boards. Yeah. In his possession. Yeah. He was, he very, he talked a lot about energies and like the energy you have going into it is the energy that you get out of it. And his whole like personal philosophy about using um, Ouija boards. And I never asked him specifically, but it sounds like he has used or uses one because he has his question. Because he, he said, you know, yeah. he, he got his grandmother's. And, and so I, I get the feeling that he's at least used before if he does not use regularly. So, right. right. And because he seemed, there was a moment where, yeah, like there was a question about, have you ever had an experience or something? And he said something like, I wish. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so, I, like, I, I, I asked if to he, tell you that yeah. I had. I yeah. asked if he had ever had an experience in the museum. And that's mm-hmm. what he was because ta- we had just finished the talk about all of the negative boards that he's gotten. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when he started talking about that. We didn't ask like Ouija board specifically if anything's ever happened. So that's right. That's right. Yeah. So that one was really cool. I think a highlight for all of us. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I would go back there. Um, and I think he's the only one from that historical society um, who is ever like constantly i don't know if others visit but he's the only one in massachusetts so i think it's his mm-hmm. museum yeah um, mm-hmm. kind of fully but um yeah it's good stuff it was good stuff um yeah and you know of course you don't go to salem without um engaging with the most famous part of its history um which are the witch trials of 1692. Um, And so we did that in a number of ways. Um, We went to the memorial uh, that sits kind of, I guess, off of um, the main thoroughfare of Salem. Charter Street, Street, yeah. Um, And it's just sort of kind of like there um, and next to a small cemetery um we also went to as Ms. Mom mentioned earlier the Salem Witch Museum mm-hmm. which is um I forget which street it's on but it's right across from the Salem Commons which is where yeah. they filmed a scene in Hocus Pocus um the scene where Max is on his bike biking after Allison right after they get out of school um and she's in her little red riding coat <laughs> yes um, and that museum was was really cool. You mentioned earlier, Ms. Mel, the the tableaus and the wax figures, um, the sort of like presentation they give you, um, walking you through what happened with the accusations and the trials and sort of leaving you on this interesting question of like, um, could it ever happen again? Which like, yes, because it definitely has. Right. And then the second <laughs> part of the experience explores that yeah it could and because it has and very I actually well I did learn something in that one because I didn't realize um 
the guy that everyone like always really talks about besides John Proctor is Giles Corey. And I didn't realize he testified against his wife. Yeah. That's mean. That was a surprise to me too. I did not know that about him either. Um, what a guy. Yeah. yeah, and that one's hard because like obviously I don't know much about him. So it's like, was the hysteria at such a peak that like turned husband against wife or like or did, they just have, did like, he not like his dinner. wife? <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's the thing, right? I mean, like some of the accusations were used by people taking out petty Mm-hmm. You know, or, or maybe not so petty grievances mm-hmm. against people they didn't like in right. or they the their land or right and like i could very easily see that happening you know within the same household yeah. um, but you're right it does complicate things given that giles Corey himself ended up executed in an infamously brutal way mm-hmm. um and kind of like is remembered as sort of like a steadfast person for the truth yeah Yeah. a heroic person right and i i I think i I think he did recant the accusations against his wife but at that point it was too late (laughs) yeah because she was also executed she she also yeah she also a little quicker than him one place we didn't go um and partially just because I didn't know where it was. It's entirely possible we may have passed it once or twice. Let's know we're getting a bit of static from you. Oh no. What about now? Yes. Still? <laughs> How about now? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Oh, there we go. You're good. <laughs> okay, anyway. so where didn't we go? Okay, so we went to, um, we didn't go to Proctor's Ledge. Right which is in the like parking lot of like a bank or a Walgreens <laughs> or something. Um, yeah. But originally they thought Gallows Hill was the location of, they, they, they thought like this place called Gallows Hill, I guess. I'm not sure if it was called that or people called it that afterwards. I don't know, but um, <clears throat> they basically thought this place in the woods outside Salem was the execution location until quite recently a group of archaeologists basically put together like years and years of research and we're like actually this is the spot where the hangings occurred and it is currently the parking lot of like a drugstore <laughs> Whoops. So, so they put up a <laughs> plaque because the actual ledge itself like the 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 um natural formation that they would have used as a gallows is still there so they were able to kind of like preserve some of it but i just thought that was kind of funny yeah that's a bit awkward yeah and there's yeah there's a couple like historical sites that we didn't make it to because a good number of those are in danvers where the salem village at the time of 1692 mostly was um but uh we also explored some of uh salem's other history that's not connected to the witch trials it's more nautical themed past Mm -hmm. Particularly its history with pirates. Um, we went to the, um, I, I think it's called the New England Pirate Museum. Yes, the, the New, New England, England Pirate Museum. Museum. Yeah. Yes. That's the other problem with this. In addition to all the the Spring Hill Suites being called the same thing. <laughs> oh my God. All the, all the okay, you've got to give some context about that. 
Um, all the museums <laughs> in Salem are called some combination of like the same three words. Mm-hmm. But um, yes, so we, <laughs> quick aside, we stayed at a Spring Hill Suites in Revere. Highly recommend. It was a great hotel. It was comfy. Lovely, great vibes. The bartender, she's not there anymore, but the bartender there was my favorite person. We met yeah. Seven the Frenchie, like truly oh, yeah, an experience. Yeah. I, I hope all those people, maybe not that one guy who was a little creepy, but everyone else had a really good night that night. Mm. Um, anyway, it's we stayed by a really nice staying. pizza place. <laughs> yes. And uh, what looked like a swanky kind of seafood cocktail mm. place, if that's your thing. Um, that is where we stayed. That is where we had reservations, and that is where we stayed. Prior to getting there, we went to, I went to the Spring Hill Suites in Andover, which was not right. And then I took us to the Spring Hill Suites in Peabody, which was also not right, but was particularly um, interesting. It's not good vibes. Not good vibes. This one was not as nice of a hotel. It was fine. It was a hotel. But we got there and there was like a million people in line. There seemed to be some sort of business convention happening in the shitty hotel um and the there was one were like older like grandmotherly woman working behind the as the concierge and um when craig got up there to say like hey i don't think we're at the right hotel which one do we want to be here the woman was like no no (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to be here it's like the most solemn somber look on her face <laughs> you do not want to be here and i was just like great thank you so much and we turned around and, and we, we locked on out but we the reason that out. happened is because all three of these places were called the spring hill suites boston logan airport right much like the museums in salem like these hotels had like the same combination of like four words just in a different order yeah. <laughs> so this one was the new england pirate museum not to be confused with I think the I think Salem it's just Pirate Museum. The Salem Pirate Museum. There might have been just the Pirate Museum as well one, somewhere the else. The new one that opened, the new one we were seeing mm-hmm. the new pirate museum. pirate museum. Just the Pirate Museum. Just the Pirate Museum. Yeah. So anyway, we were at the New England Pirate Museum. We went to the New England Pirate Museum. And again, sort of similar to a lot of other experiences, a lot of wax figures with some history attached. This one we had a guide. Yeah. Well, um right. Captain right. Rachel. Was that, was that her real name? No. No, Margo? Margo was her real name. Margo. Shout out to her. Um, who took us on a tour of Salem's connection to piracy and shenanigans on the high seas. Mm-hmm. Um, cute, fun. Yeah, yeah uh, definitely like first time getting that information because she was a lot of fun having her walk through it they have some like authentic treasure and stuff from some of the shipwrecks um, Yo, did you see the sword gun this yes i took a picture yeah. of it that thing was wild that was cool yeah and then more of the like infamous pirates versus like the history of piracy yeah. so it was right. more like the heavy hitters and then like the names you might know might not know versus like and this is why pirates were in Salem. Right. Right. Yeah. And I honestly, like, it was fun being in some of those scenes because it felt a little bit like Pirates of the Caribbean, the ride. Absolutely. Like, I got a little bit of those vibes, especially in the taverns, like, town square. Yeah. But, like, actually getting to, like, walk around. Because, like, when you do the ride at Disney, you just right. go through and you're like, I want to, like, chill, though. Yeah. You, you got to, like, chill in the uh, in the pirate museum 
Yeah. Uh, and then at the end, like when you sort of finish the guided tour of the museum, there's like another section that's set up to look like you're walking through the caves of the Massachusetts shore. And you, mm-hmm. you know, there's a couple of other tableaus and you pick up on some more um, pirate history. Like there were some things about maybe rumors of um, hidden treasure locally. Mm-hmm. And then what happened? <laughs> so so I we're sitting s- reading. <laughs> well, yeah, because you were invested, um, Craig, uh, in reading some stuff. And so was Colleen, I think. And I turned and had seen a sort of fellow in a sack and a scary mask who, as soon as he saw me, was like, oh, and like, you know, like trotted away back to whatever corner. And Colleen, I think, knew that something was up there because I think you had heard the family. So there was a family in front of us and they didn't stop to read anything. They just went and I heard the girls scream. And I thought the male pirate that had been outside the museum when we first got, I thought he had scared our tour guide up on the ship. So I thought it was like co-workers messing around. And then I heard footsteps and Mel reacted. And I was like, oh. No. <laughs> yeah. So knowing that, I both wanted to, I didn't want to ruin, like I felt bad that I had spotted this person because I was like, oh no, did I ruin their whole like thing? So I was like, okay, well, I'll just hang back and I'll let Craig walk in front and deal with whatever's up there so that this person still gets a scare. And they did. And they did. And like, r- I should have known because sort of like right before, I feel like I like caught up to where you guys were with my reading. And then I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then you both just sort of like stood there and looked at me. I was like, why aren't they moving? Like, okay, you can go now. I moved to go first. I was like, yeah, all right, whatever the fuck. And then, you know, um, it happened. And I was like, okay, well, obviously. <laughs> it's like in hindsight, a lot yeah. of things are adding up. And so- I- in addition, I mentioned this a little bit when we were in the Pirate Museum, but Salem's sort of that area's history of like pirate treasure, buried treasure is mm-hmm. a thing. Um, and they showed us a bunch of different shipwrecks and that sort of thing where they've like recovered doubloons. One, one of the treasure divers was like a random Kennedy. It was, was baby like, Kennedy. Yeah, that was a that was a that I was not ready to read. Like I like looked over and I was like, oh my god, and then they both got over to it they're like oh my god (laughs) yeah um so that's a thing but there is a legend in lynn uh which is just um a little bit to the south of salem we drove through it a bajillion times going back and forth um but there's the lynn woods and in the lynn woods there is something called dungeon rock which is like a little sort of cave that I think they believe is man-made, like it's a dugout cave beneath a boulder there. Um, And they believe that in the 17th century, a pirate named Thomas Veal hid his loot uh, in said cave. Um, Obviously people have gone in and it's like not there now, but like um, this- Or is Or so they think. Um, in the 19th century, Hiram Marble, who I guess is maybe the Marble of Marblehead, I don't know, mm. um, bought the property uh, and like held seances to try and find out from like Veal's ghost where the treasure was. Um, and I don't think they ever found the treasure. So what I'm hearing is the next time we go, we buy one of those 
uh, talking boards from the museum, and then we go to this boulder, and yeah. we get rich. And we get rich. <laughs> Where is it? <laughs> Where's your treasure? I need to pay off my student loans. Where oh my is your treasure? <laughs> <laughs> that would be a good like uh, like a uh, catalyst for a story. Absolutely. Group of students unleash demon because they were trying to find because <laughs> they were trying to find treasure to um, offset their student loans. Yeah. So yeah, um, yeah, all were good. And there were a couple of other museums we hit up. There was the Halloween Museum. It was very um, cute. It was very cute. It's very cute. Labor of love, you could tell. Yeah, yes. definitely teeny. Um, but they had a ton of like really cool old like. It's funny calling some of them antiques because some of those I definitely remember from like when I was a kid. It's mm. definitely a like nostalgia factor thing. Yeah. Like those little nugget, like fig like chicken nugget figurines. Yeah. Truly awakened something in my brain that I did not remember I had forgotten. <laughs> yeah, the little oh like God. like the hamburglar in his Halloween outfit. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, the boo buckets, which I hear are coming back this year. I, I saw something that they're coming back. Yeah. They had a Isn't couple of them in the museum, so um yeah, so that was really that was a cute little cute little shop. That's cute. where you bought the tarot deck. I think you bought Colleen, the horror tarot deck. Yes. So one of the things that I wanted to do in Salem was get more witchy type things and I wanted to get a tarot deck because the deck that I currently have is an oracle deck, which is different. Um, and I was like, we had gone through a, a bunch of different shops and none of the decks were really like uh, standing out to me. And then I just was happened to be looking in that store and they had the horror Terra deck. I, and I'm going to look up her name so I don't say it incorrectly. Um, mm -hmm. Hold, please. Or not etymology. What is it called? The linguist. I guess it's just linguistics, maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> or pronunciation. <laughs> pronunciation. To the lay, to the lay person. Um, doo -doo -doo. There were a lot of really cool tarot decks around. Um, Abigail Larson is her name. She's the artist. And she has a bunch of different tarot decks, but this was specifically uh, her horror tarot deck. Um, and so I picked that one up. And I've used it once since I've got it. Um, but yeah, I was really excited to find one that I actually, I didn't just buy it because I was like, oh, I want to buy tarot in uh, Salem. I actually like wanted that particular deck. Nice. So that's awesome. Nice, nice, nice. And Abigail Larson is an amazing artist. She has a lot of like horror themed stuff. Um, and you can follow her on Instagram. Um, it's A B I G A L underscore L A R S O N. Give her a follow mm -hmm. on Instagram. Shout out to there we go. There we go. I don't have Instagram, or I would totally follow you. <laughs> now that I have my new uh... phone of the future. Oh, yeah, that was the other thing that happened. I got my. I bought this in Salem, technically. Yeah, my, your new my phone. new iPhone. We found out that uh, Miss Mel was working with very old technology and has now come into the current new, iPhone new generation. Um, yeah, it was an iPhone eight. It was so funny though, because you guys were doing other things, and I was like doing like a weird deal on the phone to get the yeah. iPhone. I was like in getting the passwords the like truly it's like yeah okay yeah. send me the password I'll do yeah anyway um the Halloween museum was very cute and quite fun 
Um, one museum we went to that we didn't quite get to do the fullest potential museum, quote unquote, was uh, yeah. the House of Seven Gables. Don't, don't bring it up. Craig, Craig is still not over it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm holding on to that until I am able to get back there. Um, yeah, so we went to the House of Seven Gables, um, noted as the... Um, well, obviously featured in the novel by Nathaniel Hawthorne. What if it had a titular house of seven novel? Novels? What? What if it had nothing to do with that novel? Like, what if it had nothing to do with that <laughs> um, Nathaniel Hawthorne, having been born and raised and lived in Salem, he didn't live in the House of Seven Gables. It was his cousins or, yeah, whatever. So we go there and it's this whole sort of like spread. Um, they've moved other houses over there. Yeah, Truly this, what was her house name? The house where he was oh, born yeah, was moved over. The, yeah. the lady who was part of like this like woman. historical society truly moved like half of Salem, yeah. but at her bidding. Like, and it's all yeah, they had be pictures of them like getting these historical homes like on flatbed trucks and like yeah. moving them. Yeah, because the house that he was born in on the property, but in actuality, it would have been like several blocks away, right, from where it was. Yeah, and so there's we did a self guided tour, and that was lovely. It was fine. There was some good information in there. We go around. We learn about the various houses. We go into, I guess Although we went that, the house where he was born, right? We did. Although yeah. we are unsure if you were supposed to, yeah, we but don't no know one if stopped we us. To do that, no but... one stopped us. Mostly because the gentleman who was sitting in there loved Craig's shirt. Uh, and I think that <laughs> bought us our way in, whether we were supposed to be in there or not. Yeah, Craig was wearing a um, silver shamrock shirt. Yeah, got a big reaction. The only person to, um, I don't know about the only person to clock it, but the only person to say anything to me about it. Yeah. Um, so that may have bought us <laughs> entry into, entry into this house that we did not pay for which was great because i did not understand that nathaniel hawthorne was such an emo um oh my god yeah. this guy he's he was a real dramatic bitch <laughs> the <laughs> most dramatic bitch um you know then we sort of like wrap things up and i was like all right let's go in the house of seven gables <laughs> and miss was calling we're like are we allowed and I was like, yeah, we're allowed. Very like boarded up. And um, I guess the situation was you had to be on a guided tour to go inside the house, which we were not on a guided tour. We were on a self-guided tour. So for like a hot second, we stepped into like the entry. The timeline room. room. The timeline room um, as a another tour was prepping and then the vibe was just and then crazy. ran away because that lady kind of scared us. not meant bit. to be so we left and i was mad because it's not made expressly clear at the house of seven gables that you have to be on the guided tour to go inside and so that was that um, but now but you have a reason to go back exactly um and other some other things we did that day was we went to the witch house went to the witch house um, which was very interesting after or I don't know the order we did it. We did that one after the Salem Witch Museum. Yes. But like some of the information, if you notice, especially around like how it started and whether um, that one servant had like anything to do with the start of the witch trials was different between the two places. Yeah. yeah. 
there were some discrepancies there which i thought i thought was fun because it's like this one had like historical documents and stuff and then the other one was like well this is this like let me give it to you in bite size before i give you all of the like nuance information and the witch's house is like this we have documents right (laughs) we got receipts we got receipts yeah and that was cool because that was the witch house gave us a lot like i feel like slice of life Mm -hmm. stuff like there was a lot of good information about like all right listen what the hell was it like to live here in 1692 outside of the witch trials right like what was that like that was cool yeah and also like what of like weird medicine in there right and that's what i was gonna say like what could precipitate the witch trials because you have you know these women especially midwives who are using a mixture of like quote-unquote folk remedies the stuff that they know that works with roots and stuff like that that can easily then be rolled into witchcraft Mm -hmm. right yeah yeah and that is the house it's they call it the witch house because it's the only house in salem still standing that dates back to that time period and it was owned and lived in by the corwin family uh jonathan corwin having been a judge in the um salem witch trials right which fun thing that i learned is that con mathers showing up in the pirate museum i was like he is everywhere yeah it was everywhere all over that town cotton mathers everywhere um so yeah yeah and i think that was most of sort of like the history side of things obviously we did a lot of shopping um we had a lot of good food oh my god yeah i would like to give a particular shout out to the lobster shanty Shanty fam. Shanty fam. Um, We were truly ready to throw hands for the servers at the lobster shanty when we were there. Yeah, we had a good time at the shanty. Um, We had a really nice dinner at Finn's Seafood. Um, Yes. We had a good uh, lunch, two good lunches, I would say, at the Flying Saucer Pizza Company and the Howling Wolf Taqueria. Salem's a good town for food. Yeah, we did not have a bad meal while we were there. We also went to the Red Line Cafe for breakfast the one morning. We went to the Red Line Cafe for breakfast. Yeah, like we ate well. Yeah. And Colleen was... tried her first lobster roll. Yeah, I had my first lobster roll. I had my first lobster yeah. ever. Uh, it was delicious. Highly recommend. Uh, and <laughs> Miss like, Mel had lobster is good. Yeah, and uh, Miss Mel had a crab cake that almost oh killed God. all of us. <laughs> I was talking about that yesterday. I had crab cakes yesterday because we went to the beach for the day. Mm-hmm. And I was like, let me tell you about this crab cake I had at the Lobster <laughs> When they said it was wicked spicy, they were not lying. It was really spicy. I like finished 75% of it. And then it got to the <laughs> point where I was like, I could finish this if it wasn't burning my mouth. Like, the the skin of my mouth. I off. feel I feel the heat when I breathe out. Yeah. And I'm like chugging my beer, which isn't helping how like insanely <laughs> full I am. And you also, Ms. Mel, discovered you are an oyster person. Yes, I got oysters on the half shell when we went to Finn's that had some like wasabi stuff on them and then a little bit of like lemon vodka splashed on top. Threw those back. Yeah. They were very good. Yeah good good town for food yeah and then i came home and i had to cook for myself and i'm like this sucks oh i know the worst yeah i haven't really gotten back in the swing i did make a really good lentil soup last night but i have not gotten back into the swing of 
cooking stuff. Um, so. Luckily, I got a HelloFresh box this week, which has helped because it's like I paid a lot of money for this and make these damn <laughs> meals. Make them. Yeah, I've made cooked, but I've done like very like simple things because I'm yeah. just like, oh, this isn't a lobster roll brought to me like <laughs> brought to me by my server. At the this Shanty. isn't a donut cider. What is it? Yeah, what the hell? Yeah, we did have good. Um, I had the sinful cider. That last at Finn's, that was very good. We each um, had a different fall. Yeah, good cocktail. cocktails over the weekend too. Yeah. Um, because even at the hotel bar, I had a pomegranate lemon drop and then a like coconut lemonade or something, and both <laughs> were great. Both were great. And if you want to know anything about my cocktail choices, that is probably it in a nutshell. Yeah. A donut cider, a pomegranate lemon drop, and a coconut lemonade. Yeah. Colleen's got a sweet tooth. Yes. She was living her best life that weekend, as we all were. As we all were. Um, it was just starting to kind of really pick up, it felt like, in Salem. We yeah. saw a couple street performers show up over the weekend, um, but it wasn't necessarily sort of like full on like haunted happenings that happens in October but it was nice to get that sense of things yeah and it was definitely way more crowded that weekend than it was the weekend I went before which was in like late August yeah I feel like if it wasn't quote-unquote so crowded like if we could have gone on one of those tours without it being the full like 30 people I would have done like one of the like guided history tours or one of the ghost tours but there was just so many people that I felt like you wouldn't get the experience because when it's that many people, it's like hard to hear the tour guide and everyone's like yeah. talking amongst themselves. And That's a really good point because probably like the one thing I, I like, I guess regret we weren't able to do was a ghost tour. Yeah. But you bring up an excellent point that all of those tours that we did see were like packed to the gills. And there were like 30 people there. per tour guide. Yeah, and I'm I like, I'm not fighting someone to like get right up front. Yeah. Even when we sat down to dinner at Finn's, I remember, I don't know if you guys blocked the people behind us were like, oh, we got to go. Our tours are so-. like, there's people everywhere who were going to tours and, and stuff. Like, so. Yeah. Which I think is a big draw because like Salem is a whole like very historical. I'm sure on one of those tours we would have learned a bunch of stuff about even like some of the shops we went by, why there's so many revamped banks. Uh, oh my god, <laughs> that one place. That place oh, oh, what yeah. was that store yeah. called? Hold what on. What was it called? We uh, it was like it, like we went into a portal into another world. Truly, I would like it. kill to go to a Halloween party there. Yes that vibe uh, off the chain. yeah there's a couple because the um well count orlocks is also in a renovating bank because yes they yeah use the vault as part of the um exhibit and then we walked into another a store that was like a clothing company like a gothic clothing streetwear company that was in a huge like renovated bank yeah like they had a giant stone witch hanging from oh, the yeah. and i think we were so blown away because the exterior in no way indicates right what you walk into um even in ter- like even in terms of like vibe or conception of size it just did not give that impression yeah, it was like one door it was called a cult something outside so we were like let's walk in and it was just like, <laughs> and there was like all this, this sick music playing 
it was all yeah. black it like truly would have been the best place to have an epic halloween party and i'm sure they do um, there's they, also the the vampire ball which we didn't know yes. existed i just took a picture of the giant witch i didn't take a picture of the store side <laughs> we'll never know it's, we'll go back and it won't be there yeah oh my god be... what? <laughs> there hasn't been a giant witch statue here in 25 years and it was definitely a clothing brand it was like something something like black occult it, it's gonna bother me i'll figure it out well if you're listening and you know what it is or occult something tweet it at us but um, i heard people in there like people knew it um like because i heard people go in there and talk to um like i don't know like the people who like work there or whatever they're like oh how did you hear about us and they're like oh like we see you on instagram and and stuff so it's a thing we just can't remember what it's called yeah, what the hell is it called? It was called something occult. I swear to God, it's not going to be there. It's going to be like a figment. It's our... truly a fever dream that we all had together. I'm telling you, spooky things happened. Listen, we were there. <laughs> we were there over a full moon. We were there over a full moon. We did not see any werewolves, which was very sad for Mr. Craigers. That's true. That we, we did know walk of. out because we had to walk off the 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 shanty dinner. Um, we did walk yeah. out on the um, Derby Wharf to the, yeah. the lighthouse, and that was very cool. It was cool to be out there at night, yeah. It was fine until, Which like, is... and then people showed up, and we're like, we're going to leave now. Yeah, like, teenagers showed up to, like, vape or something, and then it got, like... <laughs> we're like, that's our cube. Yeah. Goodbye! But, um, it's, the, it was the, it's the only wharf of the, uh, like, the only original wharf, I guess, because there used to be a bajillion of them. Um, so that was fun. It was. I always found it calming walking out there. I've walked out there a couple times, um, and I find it very soothing. Oh yeah, definitely. The water. Yeah. The rocks. The, rock, good the rocks. The rocks. If I can't figure out what this place is called, I'm going to lose my mind. I'm like, I'm like trying to find out on Google Maps. All right. At this point, we're going to leave it up to the listeners. Wait, wait, <laughs> wait, wait. Black Craft, Black Craft Salem. Oh, yep. Yeah, there it is. Black that Craft sounds Salem. right. All right. Google them, people. Google them. Check them and out. And if you're in Salem, at least walk into the store because it is wild. But... Yeah. Talking about the full moon is actually a great segue uh, because Miss mm-hmm. Mel brought up a couple episodes ago. Uh, she wanted to know what my thoughts were about the quarry, which is a one of uh, Supermassive's newest game. Um, and Supermassive games did Until Dawn, which has been brought up, I think, multiple times on the podcast because we all kind of really enjoyed it. Um, and so the quarry is a horror video game that it revolves around werewolves. Um, And so I thought it would be a good episode for me and Miss Mel to talk about the quarry because I don't know if Craig has watched, seen anything about it. Uh, I've seen some stuff. Okay. I know what it is. I get its vibe. (laughs) I've not watched a playthrough or anything. Okay. 
Um, so yeah, to talk about the Cory and kind of the other uh, super massive games, because um, they had the whole like Dark Pictures anthology. Uh, so they had a lot of like smaller, more condensed experiences leading up to this one. Okay. Um, so we'll start with the Cory, um, which is for all intents and purposes, your com uh, summer camp slasher. Um, we're off to a great start. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's favorite thing. Um, so it basically, it starts off, you are in a car with um, two, two characters, um, Laura and Max, and they're driving and you get the sense that they're lost. Um, and they're trying to get to Hackett's Quarry, which is the summer camp that they're gonna be working at for the summer. Um, and then something appears in the road and Max swerves not to hit it, goes off. He's worried about the car. He starts trying to fix the car. Uh, Laura's worried that they hit what was in the road because uh, it kind of looked like a person. They weren't exactly sure. Laura, so you're a good person, but you shouldn't be. <laughs> so Laura starts walking through the woods in the dark, and then it's the whispers start. And... It gets to a part, she's like back there and the, it's like zoomed in on her face and like a lady's face comes up be behind her and whispers the word Silas in her ear. And Laura's had enough. And Laura takes off. <laughs> uh, and she hit her pants and she joined Miss Mel on the road. <laughs> <laughs> and the, she's still running to this day. To this day. Um, so she gets back to the car and Max in a normal white man fashion kind of dismisses her fears um they get into the car and then ted ramey shows up <laughs> um, does. so ted ted ramey plays the sheriff in this uh in the quarry okay. and he's really given off creepy vibes oh no um and he's telling them they're gonna go to this motel they're not gonna go to hackett's quarry they're gonna go to this hotel for the night they can go to hackett's quarry in the morning um, Laura does not listen to him. They get on the road. They actually go to Hackett's Quarry. They get there. No one's there. The couple argues. Laura's like looking for a way to get into the lodge. She like peeks through into the basement and sees something. Mm -hmm. She thinks someone's locked in there. They open the lock. They go downstairs. Max is attacked. Laura is then tranquilized by the what? sheriff, Ted Ramey. <laughs> and then that's like the prologue. Interesting setup. And so going into it, obviously I knew it was a werewolf game. So you're like, yeah, it, there was a werewolf in the basement. But why was there a werewolf in the basement? And what does a sheriff have to do with it? Um, and then you skip forward to two months later when camp is over. And you meet the like seven counselors and kind of follow them packing up and everything. And then one of the counselors, Jacob, was having a fling with another one, Emma. Classic slasher fashion. Emma broke up with Jacob. She was over it. Jacob cannot handle this. They were like having like a like a friends with benefits situation over like the a, summer. A summer fling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so he 
depending on how you choose, he does something to disable the van that will let them leave camp. Jacob, you bitch. Literally, this all happens because Jacob. It's a this one bitch game. (laughs) One person's fault. Truly. Although some people made some good points that I'll get back to later. But basically, he disassembles the van. The head of the camp gets really pissed. And so he tells them, okay, lock yourselves in the lodge. Stay there all night. Tell them who the head of the camp is. Okay, you already know Ted Raimi's in this game. Think of one person who could be picked for the uh, head of the camp that you know kind of from horror movies. Oh, God. And it's horror movies that I have watched, which narrows it down for you. Horror movies that you have watched. And enjoyed. And enjoyed. And enjoyed. And this person plays the head of the camp. He is a male, and he is the head counselor. He's like the head counselor slash like- He's a camp camp. owner, yeah. He's camp owner. Bruce Campbell. No. Oh, good guess. Good guess. He's from the Scream franchise. He's from the Scream franchise. Matthew Lillard. No. Oh, that would also be great, but no. All right. So (laughs) I'm just picking people (laughs) it should have been. (laughs) It's David Arquette. Oh my God. Great. (laughs) (laughs) And he's in like little camp counselor shorts. It's great. Yeah. He's in like some kind of like ranger outfit, but it's unclear. Oh my. And he's giving big Dewey vibes in this role. I was going to say, are there a lot of nods to Dewey? Yeah. Big Dewey vibes. Um, And I don't don't know if that's just how David Arquette is or if that's like the direction he was given. (laughs) Um, They were like, be Dewey. But like but, if Dewey was a little bit like basically he's Dewey from the most recent screen film. Bit uh worn down. Yeah. Which you find out why later. Uh, sure. So they're all supposed to get locked in the lodge, and then obviously Jacob's like, no, let's go have a rager out by the water. And of course, you gotta agree, have everyone agrees. So they go out there and, and and of course, like during all this, you're doing gameplay. And so you're walking around and like finding evidence of like weird shit in the camp. But you don't know why it's weird at that point. Yeah, it's a mystery. So they go out to the lake and of course they play Truth and Dare. Mm. And during Truth or Dare, uh, Emma, who is who Jacob had been hooking up with all summer, is dared to kiss either Jacob or Nick, who is another one of the counselors. Well, she Did- picks Nick. Oh, she chooses. Yes, she gets to pick who. And they make out. Jacob gets all pissy, yelling about Nick making out with his girlfriend. He storms off. Another one of the counselors, Abby, who had a crush on Nick, she storms off. Everyone's storming off. You know, typical teen stuff. Sure. So Nick goes after Abby, big Emma goes after a big storm off culture. Uh, <laughs> uh, Emma goes after Jacob. Um, and while Abby and Nick are having their conversation in the woods, Nick is attacked. <clears throat> like straight up mauled, covered in blood. Yeah. Abby runs back without him. Right. Uh, and so. She runs back, the group, one of the members of the group goes out, finds Nick, brings him back. They, everyone in this game doesn't know how bears operate or exist. Um, bears are blamed for literally everything in this game. That's Justice so or the bear. bear. You know, I, 
We didn't do a horror headlines read, watch, listen, check in, but I just read My Heart is a Chainsaw. Is there a bear? Well, when the killings start happening in this small town, which is like on a lake in the woods, everyone was like, oh, it must be a bear. Justice for the bears, man. And the main character is like, what the fuck are you talking about? It's not a bear. (laughs) It's literally like three fourths through the game. One of the characters is like, I don't think any of us know how bears work because truly they are blamed for everything. Poor bears. Um, and at one point they're like, I've never even seen a bear near this camp. Then why do you keep assuming it's bears? Why do you, why do you keep assuming it's bears? Hey, maybe it's not a bear. Um, so anyway, Emma and Jacob are out by the lake. They are going skinny dipping because again, this is a teen summer slasher. Um, so Emma, they both jump in. Jacob gets out and then he hears Abby scream. So he goes running to help Abby out, leaving Emma in the water by herself. You know. And then chaos kind of ensues from there. And you get to pick, you know, at like with Until Dawn, you make choices and those choices can result in these characters dying. Um, and this one, it has the added thing of being bitten. Um, so once they get bitten, they're infected. And then you have to like deal with that. Um, so I've heard that this game um is a lot more like there's a lot more like choosing than Untoldown because yeah they did it they got they the feedback to make it more wanted, cinematic yeah that people were like really into the cutscenes and stuff so, so they do like have yeah they have what's called a movie mode so basically you go in and make all of these decisions before the game even starts instead of in real time. And okay. then you just get to sit back and watch it play oh, out. Oh, you just watch it play out. That's interesting. You don't have to do the QTEs. You don't have to do anything video game. You can literally make all these choices and then see who lives, who dies. And see what happens. Who tells your story. Hey. Um, okay. So basically what you find out through these clues, if you find the right clues or whatever, uh, is that the Hackett family, which is Ted Raimi, uh, his character, the sheriff, mm. uh, Chris Hackett, who is the David Arquette character, oh. they're brothers. Hackett, it's called Hackett's Quarry. Is the Hackett's Quarry. Yeah. Oh, right. Hackett's Quarry. Of course. Okay. And then the rest of their family who comes in like the last, well, you see them throughout, but who are more think like Deliverance Texas Chainsaw Massacre vibes. Ah, uh, okay. Basically, one of them got bit and then bit other members of the family. And they've been trying to contain it ever since this happened six years ago. Mm. Um, so they're a pack. They're a pack. Uh, and it's unclear... I think there are only three members of the families who are actually werewolves, but the whole family knows and tries to like keep it together. Uh, yeah. um, and so they're a threat because you don't know what their deal is. They're walking around covered in blood. Uh, and so the counselors think that they're like psycho murderers and it becomes a whole thing. Um, and then halfway through the game, surprise, Laura shows back up. <laughs> oh yeah, Laura looking like with an eye patch and yeah, scars. She's got an eye patch and scars, and look, she's like, like fought in the war. 
Oh and truly, God. Laura is a badass. Like a in Sarah game. Connor. Really. Um, and you find out that basically uh, the sheriff has had her and Max locked up for the past two months. Um, Max there. survives, but he has become infected and he is now a werewolf. Mm. Um, and so how Laura lost her eye is that he basically locked her uh, or brought her out to like watch Max transform. She got too close to the cell and Max got her. Sure. Right. Okay. Um, and that's when the sheriff, um, Travis Hackett basically is like, we're tra- like, I want to find a cure. I need your help. And uh, he doesn't let them out. They actually like escape. But when he comes back later, how you treated him like in the jail cell portion, I think affects your relationship and whether he trusts you or not. How that plays out. Right. Now here's where it gets a little. The reason the werewolf curse started because a traveling circus came through. They use a word that is no longer, they're travelers, Uh, but they use the word that's no longer uh, correct. Um, And one of the exhibits was Silas the wolf boy. Well, they they come up and they see this boy locked in a cage and so chris hackett's two kids feel bad for him and so they try to break him out Mm. and they do that by starting a fire (laughs) i feel like there are other ways yeah as a distraction well it goes up everything burns down they end up getting silas out but then he of course bites them right okay um and so and then his mom basically goes mad and dies in the fire it's a little unclear but she's the one whispering in everybody's ear silas and stuff like that so long story short depending (laughs) on how you choose who you choose who you follow things like that you can either find a way to cure the werewolf curse Mm. um or everyone i'm assuming there is a, a playthrough where everyone gets eaten everyone. Uh, or dies um and silas's mom eliza also plays a fun role but eliza. it um oh no silas yeah so eliza is played by uh grace zabriskie oh nice and the mama the head of the hackett family is played by it was, it was, uh, she was in, in was she in Insidious? Yes, Lin Shay. The great Lin Shay. Yeah. One of our most treasured living actresses. Also, out of nowhere, Brenda Song is also one Brenda of the- Song's the best character. She's the best character and has, like, no screen time. Yeah, she's the only one that I, I was what like, I can't see any of these bitches dying except her. So, and that kind of brings my biggest gripe of the quarry. Um, which you now know is kind of like accurately named like the quarry like your prey and the quarry because they are at Hackett's quarry Um, but you don't get to know the characters Mm. I feel like it's very superficial um, and you spend a lot more time with some of them than others Um, so until dawn like I had a feeling about every one of the characters 
including Emily, who I wanted to die a very painful death. Yeah, no, they're all, like, very unlikable. But in this, like, they're all, like, teenagers, but, like, Nick gets bitten and transforms pretty early in the game, so you get to know nothing about him. Abby's storyline kind of stops as soon as Nick is no longer in the picture. Um, Jacob's storyline is basically getting them all stuck there, and then as soon as, like, Emma rejects, well, he leaves Emma in the lake, he kind of doesn't have a storyline anymore. Caitlin gets no screen time. Um, So it's really, the story is focused on Ryan, who is, like, Chris Hackett's favorite counselor. He's been coming to the, like, uh, camp for years he knows his relationship is kind of weird yeah you keep thinking he's gonna turn on you because he's like they want you to be suspicious of it and like think that it's weird but they never have a payoff on it so it just kind of comes off as like really flat yeah or like like, are they secretly fucking like i don't (laughs) which dylan jokes about uh who ends up being like have him joke about it right and dylan ends up being your favorite character i thought he was great um, and then Emma, even though she's like kind of a bitch, I mean, she's kind of very much a bitch. She's like also an influencer. You at least get time with her. So like she has a personality. I forgot that her thing was doing influencer stuff. And her vlogs suck. Uh, but at the end of the day, you are team Laura 100%. Uh, you want only good things for Laura. Uh, at least I did. <laughs> um, and Laura is also one of the more competent people caitlin's the most competent person in the game which is why she don't have a lot of screen time with her um but i just like i said there wasn't the stakes because i didn't care about any of them whereas like in until dawn i was like devastated (laughs) Yeah. yeah and that's a problem and it's a problem that so many like late game slasher movies faced and like a lot of the slasher remakes in the 2000s like they made the the character so despicable and unlikable that you did not care what happened to them. And like, you could argue, oh, it's part of the spectacle and it's sort of, was just like, it's for the kills and the creativity of how they're gonna be dispatched. But like, if you want some weight to your story, you have to make us care about these people who are gonna meet these gruesome ends. Or even like the Hackett family. You get a little bit of Chris in the beginning, like before they're supposed to leave. Um, and you get Travis, who's the sheriff in his like creepy era. But like you also at the end of the day get to decide if the Hackett family, the whole family, lives or dies. But you have no time with them. So you don't care if you end up killing yeah. all of them. Right. Mm. So Ms. Mel, have you played or you've watched playthroughs? I watched or- a playthrough. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah and I mean it's interesting because like you know different playthroughs people are going to make different choices and that sort of thing like I was watching one playthrough and like jumped to another where like somebody had made a different choice and the character was like randomly like missing a hand and I was like <laughs> oh I guess they chose the version where this person's hand gets cut that off. happened in my playthrough too and I was like um <laughs> But yeah, I mean, my feelings on it was they were trying to do, it kind of reminded me of the second season of American Horror Story where they were like, let's just do everything. Mm. Yeah, Like, let's do the camp slasher. Let's do like some deliverance and Texas Chainsaw. Let's do werewolves. Like, Let's do a haunting. Like, it was yeah. too Did many you- things. Yeah. Like, 
the werewolves were great, especially how they like transform. They basically like explode. Yeah, and it also yeah no, it is really cool and gross the way that they do those, and also like you can have like a much less. First of all, it's twenty twenty two. You should know by now not to like use certain things as your like plot devices, like the whole like traveling carnival thing, like you know come on but like even beyond that like just at a story level like they i feel that they made the like werewolf element the like backstory of it so complicated when it didn't have to be like you could have just told me this family's werewolves and i would have been like great (laughs) so and like especially because they had the whole quarry element so they could have definitely done like until dawn did where it's like they found something in the quarry which is what resulted in the werewolves or someone, you right. know, like, they, again, that, that would be too close to until dawn, but like, they didn't have to throw in this whole separate storyline. Like titular quarry really doesn't, it's like the can walk through it. Yeah. It's like a back, a background thing. Hmm. Um, okay. So it's not, it sounds like, um, maybe they catered a bit too much in the design of the quarry and lost a bit of what made until dawn yeah i mean the lack of being able to connect to the characters as much and yeah i think they like they want there to be twists and turns and you, you don't know who's on your side and you and but what made until dawn so great is that like you're expecting everyone to be on your side until the person who isn't um reveals themselves and then it makes sense why they don't think the supernatural element exists because of what happened earlier in the night so it makes sense why they're so slow on the uptake well and like i feel like with until dawn it was like there were some things in there where there was like multiple like there's like weirdly a, a part of it where you're in like an abandoned asylum or something. Yes, yeah, the sanatorium. Part, <laughs> yeah, but for the most part, like it had the one single thread and it really didn't go too nuts off of that. It was just like, yeah, these friends up in a cabin in the woods, there's a creature in the woods. Mm-hmm. And like, that was the deal. Whereas this was like, what if we threw together 15 of your favorite, you know, horror movies from like the mid century into like the eighties. <laughs> and you know just let me had it with gen z people let me this is (laughs) now this is from the the wikipedia but these are some of the inspirations that the creators gave sleepaway camp friday the 13th sure the hills have eyes texas chainsaw massacre deliverance billy elements evil dead the thing monsters the thing like in like the exploding werewolf or the fact that you can't trust each other like i, didn't I was gonna say the thing vibes maybe that factor of like being isolated and not sure who's but i again i definitely think there was, like, not, you know. there was more paranoia i think until dawn yeah. than in the quarry because also they're separate a lot of the time which they are in until dawn as well but it's just again like you don't care. <laughs> yeah, no. Like they can get mauled by a werewolf and you're like, oh, that's a really cool kill. Yeah, no, Which they you... all pissed me off. With the exception of Brenda's song, they all pissed me Caitlin. off. Caitlin. 
No one calls like her actually Caitlin. Everyone calls her Brenda Song. Every playthrough <laughs> I've watched, she is referred to as Brenda Song throughout yeah, the whole thing. She's a legend, isn't it? Um, is she married to Macaulay Culkin, or they just have a kid? They have a kid. I don't know if they're married. They might be engaged. Anyway, I wish them the best. Um, I wish her the best. She was so, like the Hayden Pettitier of this. She was, although she had no screen time. Um, And another problem from like a video game aspect of it is sometimes you would make a choice and it didn't matter which one you picked, the character would still do something anyway. Yeah, I did notice that a few times in the choices where you pick something and then they'd be like, well, I'm going to just do this. Right. Like you could interrupt a call out and then you decide not to do it and the timer runs out and then they call out anyway. And you're like, so why did you give me the choice? Yeah. That's not great. And other parts of it, it was like you, whatever choice you make, like affected your relationship with other characters, but didn't like change what the story was going to do, which is also annoying, especially because the character relationships had no impact on anything. It doesn't look like. Yeah, because Uh, like in different things in like Until Dawn, like somebody could choose not to save you or help you because they were pissed off at you uh, in like. You know, you kind of get that here a little bit with some of it, but it's way less impactful. Hmm. So it was a fun creature feature, um, but Until Dawn definitely had more sticking power. Like to this day, I still think of uh, like stuff that happens on Until um, in Until Dawn. I still like watching playthroughs every now and again. This one was fun, but, like, I don't know if I'll, I would, like, watch another playthrough to, like, see how someone else did it. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it still seems pretty popular and well-received. Oh, yeah. Like, it's fun. Yeah. Um, I'm making it sound like it, you know, and I, obviously I couldn't talk about a lot of the plot points because everyone's story is a little different and, you know, right. it hasn't been out that long. Um. So I definitely like would say if you liked Until Dawn, you will enjoy this one. But it kind of the general consensus is like it's Until Dawn, The Quarry, and then like all of the other like dark anthology games. Um, but hey, still to be the second. And which and the other thing is that Until Dawn was a Sony exclusive. Um, this is not. So that also might have something to do with you know kind of. The story makeup the people who worked on the game things like that yeah. so i will say like no matter what like i think the way that this company does you know like i honestly think like like video games is like one of the best uses of the horror genre because it does force you to like really engage with it like i won't play horror video games they kind of freak me out (laughs) i will watch horror movies but i'm not gonna play like because you know like i'll be playing a horror video game and there's like a dark tunnel and i'll be like i'm not going down there like are you kidding me (laughs) and it's like me playing as the character and i can't i just can't do it um so and i remember like watching my cousins play like resident evil when i was a kid and like being freaked out by that so like you know i think it's really it's a good um it's kind of it honestly feels a little bit like a stepping stone into like that um 
that uh, Black Mirror episode where the guy's in the augmented mm. reality video game that's like a horror game. Like one day we're going to get there and like this is how it starts. Well, you can actually, I mean, the so. graphics are not, but um, Phantom Phobia, Phantom, I'm not going to be able to say it right. It's like Phantom Phobia fan, um, horror Phantasm? game. Phantasm? I might be completely, yeah, it might be Phantasm that I'm thinking of. <laughs> Phantom, <laughs> Phasmophobia. Oh my God. Is what it's called. Um, and basically, you are ghost hunters and you go into a house and you try to get evidence to prove that like the ghost is real but you can do it in vr the problem is is that the ghost can kill you (laughs) nope and so you'll like i've i've watched people play this and like you're walking around and suddenly you hear heartbeats or your hill footsteps and there's no one around you and then as the like ghost gets close you hear like whispering in your ear um, and you can do it in VR. Um, so like they they do have it where they're getting you more and more into the experience. I love the idea of it. It's just not something I would personally. I would never. I would in, never. But I hope other people it. do. <laughs> Watching other people play, great. I would never. And that's like, always I think I the, love the last video horror game I played was uh, Slender Man. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um of resident evil they had a relatively recent new game right so resident evil uh is part of kind of the current um remake saga uh so resident evil 2 was remade a couple years ago um and it was great it was probably one of the best remakes i think my friend played that um it was it was a great remake um and that's not just because i am a lover of um leon s kennedy um it came out in 2019 um and it great acclaim everyone who played it really enjoyed it so then they remade resident evil 3. now that one the graphics were were good and you know the the horror aspect of it that came out in 2020 um the story in my opinion was lacking a bit uh but i never played like the original resident Evil 3 so i don't know how close it stayed to it might have just been they were working off the source material which was also right a little sparse but uh coming up next year resident evil 4 remake is coming out Ah. which by all accounts is one of the best, if not the best Resident Evil game, Um, which was- The bar is high. The bar is very high. Um, And that was actually my introduction to Resident Evil because I watched my brother play it um, on the GameCube, I believe, possibly. I think it it was because I remember we were at, when I was younger and we would go to like rent a beach house at the Jersey Shore with my cousins my older cousins like brought their GameCube so they could play it on like the beach house TV. And I remember it being like at night and all our parents were like out at um like dinner and we like weren't for some reason. Um, and they were playing Resident <laughs> Evil in the living room and it was so scary. Mm, that sounds awesome. So I'm, I'm really excited for that one to come out. Um, Cause once again, we are with our boy Leon S. Kennedy um, who truly just can't catch a break. 
Um, but kind of the plot behind it is that the president's daughter is kidnapped. There's always a president's daughter, like, starting shit. Ashley, truly. I hope they make her less annoying in this game. Get it together, Ashley. Because there were times in the original game where she was so annoying, my brother would just shoot her because he could not take it anymore. And then they were like, I'm sorry, you failed. (laughs) He failed the mission. He's like, it's fine. (laughs) Worth it. It's worth it. Uh, The plot of it is slightly unhinged uh, from what I remember, uh, but it's a really fun time. Um, So I'm really excited. That is coming out March 24th, uh, 2023 on PS5, PS4, Xbox Series X, Xbox One, and PC. Mm. Okay. Kind of across the board. Yep. It's a it's one of those ones, um, and just other horror remakes that are coming out. There's a Dead Space remake coming out, um, which is kind of a like, not fundamental, but like well known sci-fi horror game. Yeah, um, that's, that's pretty popular. Yeah, uh, there there are some other ones too that I. Can't How about the the new um, Evil Dead game? Have you heard anything about that? So Either I've seen. Video? I've seen some of the like character models and they look great. Like the graphics yeah. look amazing. That's what um, I, I've seen some stuff on Twitter. Some folks posting the different models. I was like, wow, that looks incredible. In terms of actual gameplay, I don't know if it's at the part where like anyone's played it yet to like give that sort of feedback. Um, but like everything I've seen looks amazing. Cool. Um, and then they're also doing a Texas Chainsaw Massacre game which is yes. going to be coming out the same um, thing you did the friday the 13th game i believe correct yeah uh sumo digital is the developer and then it's published by gun media which did the friday the 13th game that is a really fun game very much enjoyed watching some folks play that um and then this one because now that there's multiple texas chainsaw massacres uh, right. this one is going back to the original Toe mm-hmm. Hooper 1974 is where it's getting all of its inspiration and, and vibe from. Yeah, I hope it's um, So fingers crossed. Uh, like I said, the graphics on that one also look amazing. The first time I saw it, I was like, is this a, is this a movie? Is this a movie? It's not in the movie. Um, is there a release date for that? It's We do not have a release date for that one. Um, there's also a new Aliens game coming out. I saw something about that. I watched the recent one that came out. Uh, Isolation? Yeah, that was creepy because that was the one where the alien, like, will learn based on behaviors and how you try to, like, escape it. It, like, slowly learns and, like, will, like, fuck around with you sometimes. Oh, no! Because, like, the mechanic is, like, you're doing a bunch of stuff, but one of the main mechanics is, like, when the alien comes, you kind of just want to, like, hide from it. But sometimes, like, it'll start to learn. But it will find you. Yeah, like, it starts to learn, like, where you're hiding from it. And it'll kind of trick you and, like, be like, oh, the alien's gone. And you open the locker and then the, oh, no, the alien was waiting for me the whole time. Ah! Um, So that was, that was very fun to watch. There was a very, a few times where I was watching a playthrough of that where I was like, oh, like, yeah. (laughs) Um, Isolation that came out. That came hold on but i watched a play i know it's on steam but i will give you the uh oh okay what's his name john john 
uh, like, 2014. Guys. So it's been out for a little bit. Hi guys, it's John, that guy. Yeah. I, like, I like watching him play. I, I watched uh, Markiplier is the playthrough I watched. He's like the craziest energy when he plays game. Him and Jacksepticeye are the two I watch for that exact reason. I was like, he's it's like, a horror game, but you've been like making jokes the, the entire time. He's the entire time. He's like, oh, oh, I don't know. What, what do you guys think that's going to be? When he was playing um, Resident Evil uh, 7, he was like, I'm a big boy. I could go down the stairs, like Mel was saying with like yeah, the tunnel. Me. Yeah, because Mel was saying, she's like, I don't want to go in there. He's like, I don't want to go down there, but I'm a brave boy. <laughs> well, and I will. And I will. So yeah, there's a there's a bunch of like remakes and reimaginings and uh, spiritual successors uh, coming out. Um, so if you have liked horror games in the past, there is a good chance that one like it is coming out in the near future. Um, That's so interesting that like horror video games are at this stage where they're doing remakes and like legacy sequels, like mirroring what's happening with horror films right now. Right. Um, that's, that's fascinating to me. And I think... For video games, like, especially, like, the Resident Evil games, it makes sense. Because, like, it's an action horror, but, like, they're so much scarier now that they're not a bunch of polygons, you know? Yeah. Right, a bunch of... Like, Although, I will say, I watched a playthrough of a game that was, like, very, very low budget, low graphics. Like, everything's very cubish and mm -hmm. stuff, but the premise of it was you as the character are starting an overnight job at a grocery store mm -hmm. and you don't have much like you start out doing like random chores and different things but it gets creepy really fast and it's like <laughs> it's like blocky it's like minecraft people but like that kind of heightens it yeah like it's so creepy and it was very well done and uh spooky and what was the game I forget what it was called. Do you remember what it was called, Colleen? It was like I something. It's it. I forget what. It, I'll find out what it was called and and post it on Twitter. But it was something grocery store because the it, like the entire premise is like you are you unnamed character grocer <laughs> starting a job working overnight at a grocery store that mm. turns out to be really creepy. Mm. Yeah, and another one that uh, came out, this one came out in 20... 21, recently, um, it's called At Dead of Night, uh, which is basically you are in a hotel and the hotel proprietor is trying to kill you. I have seen, I have watched a playthrough of that game. It, is it gets, good. it gets it you. Fucking, I had jumped out of my seat several times watching the playthrough. Because Jimmy appears out of fucking nowhere. Yeah. <laughs> Jimmy's another one who will fuck with you and, and pretend to be gone and then not yeah. gone. And yeah. That's the thing. Like, you have to go into the room and you have to, like, hide sometimes. You have to, like, listen to see if he's there or if he's not there. It's yeah. really good. Um, but, like, a good thing to point out, especially because you said, like, the low graphics. Like, there are so many good indie horror games um indie horror games that like don't have to worry about like the triple a budget and getting like the triple a sales um that just are terrifying and mess with you 
Um, and some of them are old, old graphics, but they just, the story itself just makes you very unsettled. Um, so yeah, they don't all have to be Resident Evil. Like you can play even like Slender Man. I think it, you, again, it started out as a creepy pasta that just like steamrolled. Yeah. And that's, I think what's a benefit of making a horror video game. Um, if it looks great, that's lovely. Mm-hmm. But really like you just need a creepy story. You know, you just want to scare the player. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if I talked about this one, but one like horror psychological game that like watching the playthrough, I enjoyed so much, but I will never go back and watch another playthrough of it because of how like much it affected me emotionally um, is Doki Doki Literature Club. Don't laugh. Yep. <laughs> don't laugh because you're like, it's like a dating sim and you know it. Yeah, you love those dating things. When I tell you, there's a warning before you start the game about the topics that it deals with. Oh my god. This game is such a mind fuck. Um, if you are interested in playing it at all, I would say don't watch any playthroughs about it because going in blind. What's it called? Doki Doki Literature Club. Oh, yeah, look at that. It autofills on Google. <laughs> it's... Yeah, it looks like a like a what do you call those like playthrough novels or yeah yeah like the the romance stories or yeah, yeah. it's fucking wild that's, that's i think about it to this day whoa all right well i'm gonna give that a look um, <laughs> yeah. the, give that a whirl the grocery store game is called employee of the month by the way oh okay so we got that as well for yeah. folks employee yeah. of the month and um, doki, doki literature club yeah, so there's our, those are some watches for you. Um, and circling back to Dark Pictures Anthologies, Supermassive Games, they also have one coming out this Halloween. Um, it's called The Devil in Me. Uh, it's actually out the 18th of November. But oh, yeah. Uh, and the premise is a group of documentary filmmakers receives a mysterious call inviting them to a modern day replica of H.H. Holmes's murder hotel. What the hell? No. But on a ride. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, I'm out. (laughs) What are you thinking? But on arrival, the crew soon discovers that they're being watched and even manipulated. And suddenly there's much more at stake than just their ratings. Oh my God, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Um, Horrendously terrifying. (laughs) Horrendously terrifying. As Mel said, no, I will not be staying at a replica of the murder castle. Yeah, it won't be. Won't be. be, Could not be me. Um, But yeah, so that's out the 18th of November. And it is the quote unquote first season finale of the Dark Picture Anthologies. Um, So fingers crossed it is a good one because the premise sounds creepy and amazing i was gonna say it's it's a great premise good log line hopefully they can stick the landing Ooh. Ooh. Well, there's a little taste a little tidbit of some of the horror games that are coming out later this year and next yeah it sounds like a good time to be a horror gamer i'm excited to watch this doki doki literature club all i saw about it when i googled it was like it appears to be a fun dating simulator but is in fact a psychological horror game (laughs) i it's did you find it by accident? Did you think it was one of those simulator games? And so, then get, like, but I think rocked? I don't think Jack 
septic high played it but markiplier played it i don't know if both of them did but i know i watched marks uh and it was like it was kind of like let's see what this game is all about and that wasn't i was in my phase where i was kind of just watching everything that he put out so i was like yeah sure <laughs> and oh truly psychologically scarred by some yeah, of the things that happened in that game that. mm. that's wild. i'm so intrigued by all of these different games you've talked about yeah, it, like I said, for someone who is not a huge horror movie watcher, as you guys know, I, there's something about the video games that, like, I think it's the 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 option. Like, you get to choose. Like, Goosebump books, choose your own adventure. Like, you have some control over the fate of it. So, like, yeah, you can get them killed if you want, but, like, you did that. Versus where you're yeah. sitting watching a movie and you're like, don't go downstairs. Like, why are you going downstairs? This is like, yeah, I know this is a bad idea. Yeah. It's yeah. like how I, I wouldn't get anywhere in a horror game because I'd just be like, nope. They'd be yeah. like, do you want to do this or this? No. Constantly um, clicking no for every option. I just get to stand in the middle of this hallway and never move. Thank you so much for your time. <laughs> but that's why uh, we let other people do it and watch the playthroughs. That's why Let's Players make their whole lives out of playing video Especially games for the rest of us couple of them, like the one i watched john i wish i remember his last name because he always just goes like hi guys it's john like at the beginning of his videos um but he like records at like th- fucking weird he'll be like yeah it's like 3 a.m and he's like recording like some horror game playthrough and i'm like how do you do this and it's his wife does it too it's like what they both do and i'm like this is like the the digital version of like I don't know, like you two are like modern day ghost hunters or something like that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Jack Septicai, his girlfriend, Gabby Smolder, she also streams. What's really funny because she does like cozy games like Stardew Valley. And then she has like Man of Medan and like the quarry. So like every once in a while, she'll like throw a horror game in there. <laughs> but look at all the content it gives us to talk about. Yeah, yeah. Uh, truly heroes because I never would play I any also, of these speaking games. Of, speaking of <laughs> Salem, I'm still waiting for the game to come out where you play um the it's the mystery open world game on like it's set on a main island and you play as a cat. Do you remember <laughs> this? Uh There's, not um I'm gonna see if I can find it's not the new cat game. Stray, which is adorable. Yeah um uh it's like you it didn't come out like the the like um oh here we go i don't know if it has a name uh oh peace island that's what it was called um it's not out yet like it's still in development Mm -hmm. but you can look up like fun stuff about it but you play as a cat on this open world of this main like vacation island and try to solve the mystery of like all the humans have disappeared so the town's abandoned um and you have to like figure it out as a cat oh my gosh cat detective there's nine different cats that you can play as um and you can pick your favorite cat all over the island you can work with the other cats their names are boy gary gary oh my god annan girl zach ronan sushi and elizabeth oh sushi is my favorite and uh you can do your own thing with the cats and try and solve the mystery on the the island in maine 
I love everything about that. Okay. Well, <laughs> Craig's like, I hate it. I hate it. I hate the entire possibility of it. If you're a horror gamer out there and you're playing any of these games or looking forward to any of these games, or you want to shout out a game that we didn't touch upon in this episode, you should reach out to us and tell us about it. Miss Mel, how, where can they find us to do that? Uh, you can tell me about how much you love Peace Island um, <laughs> in the uh, in our Gmail at uh, spottedchatter669 at gmail.com. You can tweet at me and say, hey, I also thought Peace Island looked cute. <laughs> splatter chatter 666 on minus all the vowels um will pop right up and i will make sure craig does not delete <laughs> you can uh send an ask to colleen eye. and say hey i checked out peace island and it looks fun on or tumblr you can tag me in in peace island fan art on instagram you can tag my, me personally but you can also tag us splatter chatter at splatter chatter 666 and you can leave comments on the blog to that effect at splatter if you like craig don't want to talk about peace island you can do so on the blog <laughs> i turned this into a, a yeah into a peace island podcast it was one thing and it turned into something else and if they want to talk specifically with our horror video game expert miss colleen where can they find you uh so i am on twitter uh at main home slice with three e's at the end mm -hmm. um also the tumblr is a great place to get a hold of me especially talking about horror video game stuff um i'm on there pretty pretty often that being said i am hoping to revamp it soon so hopefully look for that coming up in the future um and those are probably the two best places to kind of get in touch with me and chat about horror video games, um, the psychological scarring of Doki Doki Literature Club and <laughs> anything else. Very good. Well, thank you so much for joining us for episode 102. Um, and thank you, of course, as always, for operating our Tumblr. We really appreciate it. Um, I wouldn't know what the hell to do. <laughs> um and thanks for joining us in salem we had such a lovely time it was such a great weekend um even though we literally walked our legs off it was great i tell them oh, all the time yeah. i was like apparently i walked sixteen thousand steps on saturday we so, walked did not feel it until two days later <laughs> yeah surprised like I don't know. Feet Leg cramp at three in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Screaming. We were just so dead though from all the walking. Just like that's slept, the like, best a I've slept in years. Yeah, that hotel. That's another thing. That's another point towards this um, yeah. Spring Hill Suite in Revere Beach. Like, I had good sleeps all three okay. nights. That's good sleep. And Colleen was sleeping on the shitty pullout couch too. It's great. No, no complaints. You never know. She was dead to the world. Well, all right, that officially closes episode 102. We will be back next month at the peak of spooky season for episode 103, where we will be talking about um, the um, OG vamp baddie uh, as we take a look at um, Bram Stoker's 1897 novel, Dracula. In its 125th year.
It is for his 125th anniversary. So we might not be able to go to the vampire ball, but we're going to have a ball talking about vampires. Until that point, we want to remind all you lovely chatterers to keep up the creep. And for now, we will say au revoir, adios, and hasta luego.